Hey, legit batters, we don't really do ads, but if you feel the need to support our dumb show, you can subscribe on Rockfin for all of our shows, plus bonus member shows, or on Patreon for audio versions. Oh my god, this sounds so scripted, it's terrible. No, read it like that the whole time. No, I can't. Yes, do it. Okay, or click on the affiliate link in the notes to support <laughs> awesome companies. I don't know who wrote these notes. Oh, yeah, it's me. If you don't feel like sending bullshit fiat currency to us, just share the show with a friend or give us a rating or review. You know, standard podcast shit. Actually, that could be said without the radio voice. Oh, well, maybe I'll put in a fart noise. <laughs> but we also accept sweet nothings in the form of DMs or emails. Seriously. That's actually more appreciated. We don't need your money. We just want loves. We don't need your money. It'd be cool. But I mean, if you don't want to buy us a beer, that's fine. You can just uh, say, hey, you guys are awesome. Or say, you guys suck. Those are funny too. No, it's like hanging out. When you go out and hang out with your friends at a show, just say you're at a concert, would you be more excited that they were there and that you got to spend time with them or if they bought you a beer? I guess it would depend on your alcohol dependency levels, but yeah, we don't have that. We are just no. excited to be hanging out with you guys. That's it. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show and uh, support however you fucking want. Thank you. Too legit that I will figure out that Jesus intro music Christ. at some point. What? The video. I said video. Jesus oh, Christ. Well, I've seen it too many times now because I was editing it, and after the editing, <laughs> it'll be better. But once we have more embarrassing clips of you, it'll be better in mine and Ben's opinion. I don't mean to speak for you, Ben, yeah. but I think I'm correct. In there's nope, there's plenty good. of uh, good videos of everybody. And for the audio listeners, uh, we're referring to uh, Rockfin, of course, and also YouTube. Some some videos go on YouTube, very selective, obviously. And I did want to mention before we get started, we're on the social media, I guess it's called. Uh, it's called Minds, uh, just at legit bad on Minds. Uh, we're, we're just trying to migrate over to as many different places as possible. Like we said in our uh, member show earlier, we're just riding this wave until we just get completely shut down. So. But our guest tonight is Jason from the Free Thought Project. Thanks for joining us, dude. Uh, give us a quick rundown on what you do over at the Free Thought Project and how you got into this mess of, uh, you know, what they call conspiracies. Sure, man. Well, thanks so much for having me on, of course. Uh, I almost had to reschedule. It's cutting into my Oscars time, you know, but oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a joke. It's a bad joke. I apologize. It was apologize. a great joke, actually. For a second, I was like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? What the fuck is he <laughs> Right, yeah. No, not quite my yeah. style. But uh, yeah. it's also Ross Albrecht's birthday, so it is a, a good day to be talking to y'all oh. about freedom and oh, hey. conspiracies all right. and all that stuff. But yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, my name is Jason Bassler. I'm the co-founder of the Free Thought Project and founder of Police the Police. Uh, we've been, let's see, on the internet since around 2012, 2013. Uh, I am a product of the Ron Paul revolution. Uh, I originally kind of 
I guess you could say woke up uh, during the Occupy Wall Street movement. Um, I was interested in the protest. I, I didn't. I realized I didn't really understand what was going on, but it didn't really sit right with me. A lot of the stuff that they were saying, and it didn't really seem like there was any type of uh, game plan. And luckily, around that time, uh, there was a lot of fervor uh, around Ron Paul because he was running for uh, president uh, in 2012. So um, I started hearing his name a bunch, looked into him, uh, realized I finally found somebody who was speaking my language. Uh, first time I've ever rooted for a politician. Uh, first and last time, actually. And uh, yeah, that kind of opened the door to the world that I've uh, spent the last 10 years in. So uh, yeah, it's been quite the journey. Um, the Free Thought Project, as I mentioned, was started in 2013 uh, with my my friend and co-founder, Matt Agarist. Uh, he's the editor-in-chief for the Free Thought Project. He does all the writing. Uh, I take care of all the social media side of things, uh, majority of the memes, the videos, all the posting and stuff. Um, but basically a short story on that is like we were working together for a different website. Uh, we kind of realized it wasn't quite uh, our target, our focus. So we started our own uh, Free Thought Project website, kind of realized that we could do uh, the same work we were doing for this other guy, but kind of with a more of our own style, with our own focus on liberty, um, anti-war, anti-drug uh, war type of information, uh, police accountability as well. So um, yeah, that's kind of the long and short of it. Oh yeah, there's that crazy uh, part in 2018 where we lost nearly 6 million fans because Facebook and Twitter uh, removed our pages wow. and accounts on the same day. It wasn't something that was, uh, you know, within a few months of each other, both Twitter and Facebook took us down on the same That's day. That's got to be a shitty cup of coffee. Yeah, man. It's been a, a rocky road, a rough road since then. Um, we were, you know, thriving. We had uh, seven writers at that point. We had three people on our social media team and pretty much literally like the next day we had to let them all go uh, oh, just fuck. because we couldn't continue to afford to pay them anymore. So, um, yeah, it, it was quite the life trajectory changer, I guess you could say. Was there something that happened in the news that prompted that to happen? Was there some sort of thing that made yeah, that? Like, it was 2018, yeah. so I was a little clueless before 2020. So Oh, yeah, no worries. No worries. It was the midterm elections. It's kind of what everybody was kind of saying, more or less, was probably the impetus behind it. Um, a, a few months before that, they had taken down Alex Jones from pretty much like all the different social media platforms. And Remember that? We were reaching. Yeah, yeah. You got Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were reaching so many people like we knew we were next. We even wrote an article about it before it happened. And uh, sure enough, we called it, you know, and um, we were a part of a, a purge, as it became known as uh, with 800 different other pages and accounts. So it wasn't just us. It was like this broad sweep of mostly anti-establishment type of organizations, pages, outlets. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, as I as you can imagine, it's been uh pretty rough trying to rebuild since then. That was kind of the golden age of social media between like 2012 and 2016, right before the whole fake news narrative and Donald Trump kind of fucked everything up. Uh, and, you know, the best way, of course. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it's it's been challenging, man. And, uh, you know, it's we're still not uh, I do this full time, but we're still not paying ourselves as full time employees. So it's uh yeah. Not a whole lot of money in alternative media and people do what they got to do. So I don't rag on people that have to run ads or something. We don't do it just no. because we have day jobs. But I'm like, if you got to run yeah. ads to pay the bills and you're trying to get a word out there, fuck these people that are saying, oh, they're just doing it for money. No, we yeah. have to live. We'll have to live. Yeah. And I don't care if the ads are about getting your vaccine 
you know, or whatever tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Like we know what the content is. So sure. we can fast forward through that stupid ad and power through and know that they're just like trying to make a living. Yeah, and we need to learn to not listen to people anyway. But that's actually the way we connected is through his great memes. Uh, I found that page and I started sharing all of his memes. And then one day he just got back and he's like, hey, thanks for sharing everything. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then you want to come on the show? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're yeah. amazing. Well, no, and anybody... Anybody who's ever started anything like this, it, it, even if it's audio only and you're wearing a Turtle Beach headset, which is what I was wearing when we started a year and a half ago, it's like we've dumped money into this. Like, sure. and it's not it, it's not a uh, it's not for cash basis. We all have day jobs. I work 60, sometimes upwards of almost 70 hours a week, and I don't make all the shows as a result of that. So when right. we're doing this, it's literally just to be able to talk to people without having to regurgitate all of the shit that comes pouring in day after day through now, as you said, post golden age social media, where it's like, okay, I can't be the only one that's looking at this retarded shit. I have to be able to talk to other people and see if, you know, they think the same and then boom, everybody starts doing it and they're all pouring their own money into it. It's, it's, it's not for the money. And I know everyone who is for the money also says it's not for the money. So, I mean, it's hard for the people listening to distinguish that, but it's like, no, nah, man, like we're, we're just doing this to try to get stuff out to people. Well, that's sure. the most important part of it. Yeah. Is uh, having these conversations with people and make you, for one thing, it makes you not feel as crazy because you're like, did you see this bullshit? And they're like, yeah, totally. That's f I'm like, yeah, see that pays for itself right there. And uh, Ben it's definitely not for the money seeing as we have made, zero monies in the last year and a half so i salute anybody who can do a channel like uh, or a, you know the whole thing you've got going on at the free thought project and actually make a living and pay other people and create jobs that's fucking amazing salute right thanks man yeah you guys are awesome um i i agree you know there's this strange concept online that anything that's on the internet is supposed to be free you know and it's like well like i i work seven days a week uh, i spend long hours sitting in front of computer screens like I give my heart and soul into this. I get the dynamics. The environment has changed quite a bit, you know, online, especially making money. But at one point, yeah, alternative media, you could make good money. In fact, uh, you know, between, yeah, 2013 and like 2018, we were running six articles a day that we would write from uh, different different writers and at least two new memes a day on different pages. So we were really building uh, very uh, effectively. In fact, um, there were some weeks where we'd pull in like 30, 40, 50,000 new likes. We were reaching an upward of like 40, 50 million uh, like, or excuse me, uh, engagements uh, a week. So, I mean, it was crazy, man. Yeah, we we were pulling big numbers for a while and I have all the screenshots to prove it. I know it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but like, no, we almost had a billion views in 2017. So uh, we were yeah. like, we, we were a uh, formidable force, I guess you could say in the alternative media world. And so I guess that's what kind of gives us this car blanche that we could continue doing it uh, full time. And I've yet to give up the dream. You know, I, I mean, it's come close a couple of times where it's like, oh, shoot, I might have to go get like another day job or something. But uh, luckily, we've been able to find a few other revenue streams and we have like the membership subscribe and donate feature on the website. Okay. So people have been helping us out with that. Uh, not as, as much as we need, of course, uh, but that certainly helps. And I think at the end of the day, like no matter even when they do take us down, um, if you're building a brand, if you're building a product, a service that people want and people are hungry for, they're going to continue to find you and support you. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the the great conundrum for these big tech companies is like, well, they could keep taking us down and 
you know, we're on the free thought project 4.0 now. I mean, they've taken us down, you know, four times now. And so we just keep making new pages and we just keep respawning, I guess, if, if you're a video gamer and, uh, yes, they, they, yes, it's the whack-a-mole, it's a game of whack-a-mole for them, you know? And so, um, as long as like what you guys were saying, you're spreading out to various different social media platforms. Glad to see you're on minds. That's a great platform. I think that's one of the best ways to safeguard, uh, because we made the mistake, you know, between 2013 and 2018 of putting all of our eggs in one basket and Facebook. And it seemed to make sense at the time, right? Because they gave you all these tools. They gave you the reach. I mean, we, they, we were making money from it. It made sense. But now in hindsight, it's like, no, you, you're you doing the right thing with the legit bad podcast because you really do need to put it on as different, many different uh, platforms as you can. I mean, that's the, the best way to really... Um, be one step ahead of these guys who are looking to try to take us down at any opportunity they can basically get. Well, it's, it also gets your foot in the door a little bit harder because everybody, it's the same thing with how people choose what they listen to or choose what they watch. They have their own preferences as to what news outlets convey the same information that they might get from somebody else. Well, the same thing is true with platforming. If you're only on one and somebody who would listen to you doesn't want to listen to you because you're on one platform, it's like, well, if you provide all the options, it's like some people are only going to listen to you on certain platforms. And if they really like you, they will jump to a platform they don't like to continue listening to what you give them. So, yeah, I, I agree. Joe's the one that heads all this up. Like, I, I, I don't do I don't do dick about shit. I show up and everything is off the cuff. I don't know who you were. I don't know anything about your uh, organization. So. Uh, yeah, it's really nice to meet you and actually kind of hear all this from somebody who's been down the rabbit hole for the last 10 years trying to do that and successfully have having done that. That's awesome. That, that is the the numbers you pulled, too. I mean, I wonder why you were shut down, because that's an obvious threat to the establishment when you have that kind of reach that scares yeah. the fuck out of them. They're like, uh oh, we got to get rid of this guy like. Yeah. There's too many people listening to this dangerous ideas. Well, they you know? had a huge narrative built up that they were ready to lay out for 2020. So for your podcast or any information that you were laying out, it was getting through to so many people and they were like, oh no, this is too many. We have to take a certain piece of the market with the narrative that we have. And so we need to shut this down so it doesn't reach more people. But at least what you did, it reached the people it did. And whether, you know, I don't know, 50% of them held on and thought, huh, maybe this COVID stuff is a little weird based on what I've been listening to, whether you guys were even talking about, I mean, COVID wasn't a thing, so you weren't talking about that, but having people open their minds enough to see through the bullshit, that helped enough people, you know, at least some. Yeah, awesome. no, no, I agree completely. And, um, you know, they have always been the gatekeepers, right? They've always had the, the corporate gatekeeper uh, narrative control. Uh, information flow of information control and that's one of the advantages they've had to being able to orchestrate as much as they've had over the years you know don't don't forget the fact checkers were never a thing until we started speaking a tr about truth on the internet you know i mean tabloids existed for how many years you know and they were never yes. a problem because yep. people were talking about you know different random things that were certainly fake you know we all knew they were fake it was entertainment value but that was never a problem it was only a problem when we started challenging their narratives so, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Um, and of course, yeah, 2020 was a whole another uh, can of worms. But when we saw the shift, it really, and I already touched on this, but when we saw the shift, it really was like right after the Donald Trump election uh, or the 2016 election with, you know, Hillary Clinton and, and Trump winning. 
of course. And I mean, I think everybody, including ourselves, thought Hillary Clinton was going to win because she was the establishment candidate. In fact, I had like a handful of memes already made that were like waiting to go out that day. <laughs> I had to delete them, you know, because it was like, oh, crap, like she actually didn't win and Trump won. But we saw around that time was kind of when Trump inadvertently ushered in the fake news narrative. And don't get me wrong, he was kind of saying it as something else. Like he was calling like the, the news media fake news, but then like the corporate news world and, and like the fact checkers, they kind of like took the ball and ran with that. And they're like, oh yeah, you're right. There is a big misinformation problem online. Like we need to do something about that, you know? And that's kind of when they took control back. Uh, and we saw it, you know, I mean, it was systematically before on these social media platforms, uh, you would go to CNN, ABC, NBC, and the pages were dead, right? Like there was no engagement. Uh, the videos were dead. There's maybe like a handful of likes, a couple shares, a couple comments. And then you come to like the Free Thought Project or the anti-media or some of these alt media you know, platform or pages that used to exist. And there'd be thousands and thousands of likes. And so like all of a sudden there was a shift that happened and we would go to these big, you know, corporate media pages on Facebook. And all of a sudden they have thousands of likes, they have thousands of comments. So it's, not organic. It was never organic. It was completely orchestrated. They orchestrated and manipulated, engineered the, the algorithms to once again, give the legitimacy back to the corporate media on the social media platforms. So yeah, it's, it's been a big, uh, it's been challenging to watch all this and have such a limited voice now to really actually be able to talk about it, you know, but uh, yeah. one thing I did want to mention is I saw that you guys had David icon recently. How did that go? That was great. He's a, you, Amazing. You're going to get, you know, hey, obviously, you know this, you're going to get haters about anything, but we haven't received there any hate yet because some people are like, he's fucking crazy or he's this or that, whatever. He didn't say anything crazy on our show. I mean, I guess not to us. <laughs> yeah, it's not crazy to us. <laughs> but, but we didn't talk a whole lot. We asked a couple questions and then he went off and we kind of put our two cents in, but it wasn't a lot of us talking. It was a lot of him saying some pretty great stuff. No, what I what I likened it to is uh, I pointed him in a direction kind of and he just took off running. I'm like, this is great. I'll, I forgot I was hosting for a while. I'm just listening. <laughs> like, oh. He talked sure. with us 25 minutes off air as well about some wow. other spiritual stuff that we didn't really get into on the show. But he was just a great guest. And we were the same where we're like, we know that it's five o'clock your time because it was He's in UK, so it was like seven hours. Se seven? Yeah, something so like it was that. nine o'clock our time. It became ten o'clock because of the time change. But sure. Anyway, ten a.m. on a Friday, our time, and we gave him just an hour. We kind of like let him go, kind of cut him off, and he's like, "Okay." And you could tell as soon as we ended, he's like, "I want to talk more," and he still kept talking. He's just <laughs> a good person, you know. He wasn't arrogant. He's not like a cocky dude. He was just a good good dude well what i was talking about with the not necessarily hey I've, there's all kinds of shit on social media that i just ignore that I, I can't even deal with it i'm just here to talk to this dude as a person as far as i know it's just another person we're having a conversation about ideas disagree all you fucking want like i it doesn't matter but yeah he was great though uh, have you ever had a chance to talk to him no no i mean he's been uh you know a huge figure within the I guess yeah. conspiracy more on the conspiracy side than like the Liberty side of things. But I mean, yeah, he's, you know, he's been in the game for years and years. So he's a legend. Um, the, yeah. He might've said merging into one now though, the conspiracy and freedom minded yeah, people. Sure. Are merging. Yeah. I mean, there's always been overlap for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. most definitely. But uh, that's so definitely a, a hard follow up. Yeah. What's your website about with police brutality? Cause I don't know a whole lot about that. And you had kind of mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, so the Free Thought Project kind of uh, focuses on both government accountability and police 
accountability, but I've started my own organization called Police the Police that's on, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Minds, MeWe, Telegram, all of those as well. I've actually seen that one. Okay, nice. Yeah, that always makes me happy to hear. But uh, yeah, it's more of focusing on police accountability with a libertarian flavor to it. You know, it's more looking through a libertarian lens, I guess you could say, uh, rather than more of the traditional leftist type of police accountability organizations. so, I mean, it, I think it's it's interesting because it's one of those uh, topics that people tend to think it's more of like a leftist topic. And they a lot of times people on the right or even people who are libertarians and caps don't really want to talk about it or focus too much on, on it. But to me, it's always been a subject that I was really passionate about because I just don't like seeing like fellow humans, fellow Americans being brutalized and killed at the hands of law enforcement. And uh Ultimately, it's a much bigger problem than that. It comes, it's an economic issue. You know, it comes to right. uh, them being yeah. a monopoly on uh, the use of force, the legal use of force. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess, kind of in a nutshell, more or less kind of what we focus on. But it, it's something I'm really passionate about. I'd love to talk about it more, too, if you guys want to kind of get into the weeds. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. No, I'm, I'm all about that. Like the, because you get the, what the left, I guess, would call bootlickers or the cop suckers, you know, the ones that are, <laughs> oh, I stand by I, the, the blue line no matter what. And I have sure. several friends that are cops and they're the, some of the best people in the world. I'm not sure. saying all cops are. Obviously, there are some right, right. shithead cops. You know what else there is? Shithead politicians. There's shithead Starbucks baristas. Okay. <laughs> so everybody should just be uh, police the police. Yes, for sure. Get rid of the the shit bags. It's never going to happen. There's always going to be bad ones in there. But um, it, it the personal we talk about a lot uh, talk about this a lot is personal accountability, and nobody wants to do that. They don't want to police exactly. themselves. They sure. want somebody else to tell them what to do, and that's the result of, I, in my opinion, uh, government. Basically, that's why the well, narrative is the way it is, and that's why the left is like you just said. It's more of a leftist topic, which I completely agree with. That's why I wanted to get into it because when I saw that, I was I was thinking, oh, okay, well, what's this all about? Because that is the first place I go, but that's because that's what the media shoves down your fucking right. face all the time. It's the narrative of, this is so bad. Cops are awful. Defund the police. Be afraid. And we have tons of police officer friends, like Joe was saying. We have tons mm-hmm. of cop friends, So, and sure. they're awesome. They're good people. Right, so we right. know they're not those. So we know there's a difference. There is there is good and bad, just like there is in everything. But sure. to talk about it in public, it's really hard to do because people are going to shit on it or shut it down. So to still yeah. bring it right and still stand up for it is amazing. So I would I would love to hear more about it. Yeah, I think it's important, just like anything else. Uh, there's nuance, right? It's not just a black and white issue. There is gray area yeah, there. Yeah. So we, we do need to be mindful of that and and uh, acknowledge it. Um, so yeah, you're right. I have, uh, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I have friends who are cops. I have friends who are ex-cops. Uh, I have friends who are cop watchers. I have had friends who are felons, you know, so uh, I kind of right. feel like I, I know the whole gamut. But I think the distinction there is like you can be a good person and still wear the badge, right? Um, that's certainly capable, if possible. People are capable of that. I think the focus is less on the individual and more on the institution itself. And I think yeah. that's where people uh, have a hard time distinguishing between the two, you know? Um, so, you know, you'll hear the left say like all cops are bastards. And it's like, well, Okay, like that's a very loaded statement, right? Like, let's unpack that a little bit. 
Um, yeah. are, all, are all cops bastards? Well, all cops are individuals. So is each individual a, a bastard? I mean, no, I'm sure there's people who got into the profession of law enforcement because they wanted to do good in, in society. They wanted to, uh, and of course, the propaganda is thick when it comes to that, but they wanted to uh, feel like they're doing something to help the, their community, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, when you take a look at the institution itself, it's ultimately funded by coercion. And as libertarians, that's something I have a problem with. Uh, as yeah. far as anything in the marketplace, I want there to be a voluntary choice. I want there to be consent in the marketplace. So a lot of the issue that we see now with police is not because the, the quote racist, although that does exist, it's because there's zero accountability built into the institution itself. Because Correct. once again, at the end of the day, if they're funded by extracted involuntarily extracted tax dollars which is a fancy way of saying stolen money yeah then they're going to have zero incentive to ever be efficient to ever be accountable to ever improve to ever be effective at what they're doing and, and don't get me wrong they are effective at uh, extorting people you know and generate generating revenue um for the city that is something that they're effective at so i think again really yeah there, we have to make the distinction because there are people who are good individuals who wear the badge. But at the end of the day, if you're working to enforce victimless laws, which a lot of these are, right? A lot of the drug laws are victimless. You're getting paid with stolen money. And ultimately, there's no accountability. It's kind of hard to like really put yourself in the good individuals and the, the good side of, <laughs> you know, people and humanity. So, um, I know that's a hard truth and sometimes it's hard for people to swallow that because they're like, well, yeah, my friends or my, my family. That's another one. The family bias is very uh, prevalent. Very but, strong. Um, unfortunately, you know, it doesn't mean that they, they're, they're horrible human beings, but they're working for a gang at, at the end of the day. That's, right. that's kind of what it comes down to. Uh, if Now, if it was something that was voluntarily funded, which does exist, there's, you know, private security and protection companies uh, that exist. Uh, one of them being... Uh, a gentleman in Detroit called uh, named Dale Brown. He owns the Detroit Threat Management Center. And after 20 plus years of being in business, he's never had uh, any violence towards any of his customers uh, or um, he's never had any uh, issues with law enforcement, no arrests. Um, so there, there are ways to protect people in society without uh, being uh, having a, a, a monopoly that end of the day is in charge of that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's so much to get into. I know I just kind of opened up a can of worms there, but I think that's more of the perspective that we come from with police, the police, uh, we're trying to focus on the decentralizing uh, aspect of it rather than reforming police. We've been trying reform for, uh, you know, a hundred plus years now, uh, incremental government reform has done nothing to alleviate police violence in society. So um, we want to see more of a market solution. We want, as libertarians, or at least people within uh, my camp, I guess, the Austrian economics camp, we want to see more of a decentralized approach where communities are voluntarily funding different companies that they believe are going to be the most advantageous for their neighborhoods. And by doing that, they actually can have some control over the process because of, let's say, uh, you know, one of these companies are doing something uh, kind of unscrupulous, something that's undesired with, within the community. Let's say they pulled over uh, one of the teenage sons and decide to harass them, give them a hard time, push them around a little bit. Well, guess what? Now they could take their money elsewhere instead of having to beg a politician 
or a local board member to try to do some type of incremental reform, like, oh, let's try to ban this this chokehold or something. No, it, it's completely uh, up to the, the community now to actually say, okay, we're no longer going to continue to fund company A to do these services because they're not doing it up to our standards. And to me, that's a huge difference from what we have now. And in my opinion, would be a lot better. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess. Yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, yeah, the, I, I can see both sides of it like usual, but the it's like going, it's like, okay, so I work for a delivery company. Everybody knows by now, but uh, it would be like a package getting late to somebody and blaming every single courier because of that late package. And it's like, no, the problem is the system. The system failed you. This, this whole the whole, uh, I, I almost said the name, the whole system as a company failed you because they're bureaucratic and they, their management sucks. And I can talk shit on my job all day. It's really not a bad job, but it's a, uh, it, it's kind of like that. There's, it's an overgeneralization of, of the individual and they want to point at every single and just paint a broad, a broad brush with everybody when it's really, they're the result of the system just as much as every other cop there. Right. The system is fucked. There's no reason. There's like you said, there's no incentive to be efficient or good at their job. They don't care. They're like, we're getting money off of these people. And I did want to say too, that I, I totally understand sometimes the cops that are complete assholes. They deal. I've heard stories from some of our friends. They deal with the utter lowest forms of life of human life. And it gets to you at a certain point. Like there's sure. a certain point where you're just like, I don't care about fucking anybody. I'll beat you up. Like, well, and I, Joe. I get it. Like I always say about a uh, domestic violence, I don't condone it, but I get it. I'm just kidding. Joe, I think, <laughs> and J Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the point that he was making earlier with the institutionalization is the idea that even though it's the courier uh, company's fault that they failed you on that late package, it's the idea that you continue to show up for work the next day for that company that is failing them. So these cops, although they might be good people like yourself, if the system that they work for is failing the populace, they're still showing up for work every day doing it. It'd be the same idea as saying, yeah, this guy I knew in World War II was really good, but he showed up for work every day to go to the SS group. It's like, OK, he might have been a good guy, but he was working and continued working for a group that did not do good things. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Am I accurate on that? I, ultimately, yes. Um, unfortunately, again, I, I hate to paint with a broad brush, but that that is kind sure. of the case here, because if they're tasked to enforce laws and there are laws that are victimless, right? And, and drug laws are a perfect example of that. There's some arbitrary traffic laws and stuff like, you know, how important is the 55 speed limit? If you're going 57, is, it, is that a, a huge infraction? Is there a huge safety <laughs> issue there not really you know so it's kind nah. of an arbitrary but yeah at the end of the day uh and i keep using that phrase but yes you're you're absolutely right and um if you're enforcing immoral uh victimless laws then you can't be a good person you know you're initiating violence to uh, to enforce these laws you know and unfortunately if we're libertarians the non-aggression principle uh we don't initiate aggression we don't initiate violence we believe in self-defense uh, but the idea that you can initiate violence and it's legally acceptable is one of the biggest problems in society because that's what funds or that's what fuels taxation. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the big distinction that we need to take away when we look at any type of institution that's publicly funded is that, hey, it's 
failing because it's funded by coercion. It's funded by extracted tax dollars. It's not people voluntarily, you know, voting with their lifestyle, voting with their money about these uh, for these products, these services. So, I mean, you'll see this problem over and over again, regardless of what you're looking at. If you're looking at public education, you know, you're going to see the same problems because it's funded by taxation. You know, if, if you're looking at police, you're going to see uh, the same thing will can be applied to the military as well. And of course, that's one that's even worse because now they're in bed with the military industrial complex and now they're creating wars uh, to, to be able to spend um, to launder our money, our tax dollars, basically, to these defense companies. So um, you'll see this time and time again. And I, I really want to focus on economics because that's something that I think isn't as sexy as a lot of the other topics that people like to focus on. But it really is the key to understanding a lot of this stuff. And when I started to look, uh, understand at economics, it started to kind of look at the world through a completely different lens. And yeah. a lot of things yeah. made a lot more sense. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just to be clear, I was playing devil's advocate there. I'm not in any way pro cop. I've been to jail. I've been pulled over for the stupidest shit and had to pay at this point thousands of dollars worth of tickets for going 10 over in a supposed right. school zone where there is no kids. Like, yeah, I get it. I, just, I understand. We're not pro police institution. I get what you're saying. It just kind of sucks that we have we live in a society where. Police the police. I love that where you have to say hey, don't be an asshole as a fucking human with this position of power where you get to kill somebody. You have the ability to literally murder somebody and they'll probably cover your ass and they'll get away with it. So it's kind of sad that we have to say, hey, don't, don't, but don't do that. I mean, you wouldn't do that, right? Come on. But they do. What? And it's weird. You just... We, normal people wouldn't think like that it should yeah. never be something that crosses your mind well yeah? i agree with you on the military thing too that's funny i've always had a huge problem with that i know if i were to join the military i'd be kicked out on the first day because i would laugh in the face of the drill sergeant trying to be all serious <laughs> and tell me what sure. to do so and i mean it's the old thing the military is government puppets and they really are why do you think most of them uh signed up for the vaccine or you know agreed to it because they're they're literally trained to do exactly what they're told no matter what. So, of course, they're going to. So, yeah, I, that's an end rant on that one. But, yeah, fuck the military. We, we do. Military, the system. Yeah, well, there there are people, again, just like cops, you know, who've joined the army, joined the military. In fact, at one point, we had three veterans working for the Free Thought Project. And my business partner, Matt, Matt Agris, is a military veteran. So I think people, again, go in with the right intentions. You know, again, the propaganda is heavy. Uh, especially after, you know, these big events like 9-11, um, you know, when I was in my 20s. So there was plenty of my friends who, who went in after that. And um, and then there's, of course, the incentive factors to, you know, they pay for college. I think just right. recently they announced a 50,000 signing bonus, too. So they're really desperate right now, uh, as are police. The police are having a hard time recruiting right now as well. I, I see both of these things as kind of being wins. I wonder why. For our camp. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, I, again, I think it's important to distinguish between the individual and the institution. And uh, I'm right there with you. You know, you could go both ways. You know, uh, you could say that, well, I have good friends who are cops or have been in the military and they saw the light. They realized the problem that they were contributing to and they wanted to get out. And now they're probably some of the most vocal activists out there, you know, and so yeah. uh, and then there are people, too, who are just the dumb grunts and they go along to get along and, you know, they'll point at a, a group of people and say go kill them and they will so um there's plenty yeah, of those yeah. people as well 
Well, and that's actually, in, to, that's in any job, though. That could be in any job. I yeah. don't mean to cut you off, but that is literally across the board. It just happens to be that when you're a police officer, you have a gun and the ability to ruin someone's fucking life. So that's the difference. Even I their guess, day. In my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And their life ruin their day. But th you work with shitty people. You work with awesome people. I do, too. Everyone right. does. But I don't have the ability to destroy someone's life or end it, you know? Well, and like right. what you're saying that like you can't be a good person and work for and go to a job like Ben was saying every day where you're upholding fucked up shit. Um, most of, well, a couple of cops we know are like at the very end of their career and they're the type of people that would be like, if I was not two years from fucking retirement, I totally would have quit by now. Uh, I tried to, I applied for like a, a corrections officer job back in, I don't know, 10 years ago. I'm so fucking glad I didn't get that job. Like sure. I said, I've been to jail. Apparently they looked at that and were like, no, you can't be a corrections officer. Uh, and I'm so glad as of 2020 ish, I was like, wow, what a bullet dodge. I would not ever want to be a cop or anywhere Literally. near law enforcement now. Yeah. Well, one thing I, I want to make a distinction though, is I mean, working for a job in the public sector and the private sector, the difference is, is we're, we don't have any choice. We involuntarily have to fund the public sector. So with that, we kind of have higher expectations, right? So with, with people like cops, like, yeah, we, we really want to make sure that they are doing their job. They're doing it correctly and efficiently. Of course, there's no, um, you know, safety net feature for us. We can't just pull our money away from there uh, if we wanted to. Um, so, I, you know, that's just one thing I would say that we, we kind of have to keep in mind because we don't have a choice. You know, government's the one religion we can't opt out of, right? Like statism is, yeah. is something that... Uh, unfortunately, it's it's almost like a, a cult within society. Uh, and then the other problem is like, well, even if court cops do uh, commit crimes, um, there's really no incentive from the public institutions, the public courts to really hold them accountable either. Right. And so that's why yeah. we've only seen uh, eight, eight cops charged uh, and convicted with murder since 2005. Only eight. So <clears throat> this is a big problem, you know, and there's a huge conflict of interest there. And most of the people like myself who grew up going to government schools, uh, we don't think twice about it because we just think, well, that's the way it is. These are the institutions that provide these services. But there is a huge conflict of interest, a huge conflict of interest and a, a big problem between, uh, you know, courts being able to, to judge their own state actors. Yeah, well, and a lot of these, uh, the, the local law enforcement and uh, probably to a bigger extent in smaller uh, cities like ours, but the, the local cops and the local judges and prosecutors and all these people, they're all friends. They all go out to lunch together and fucking go golf and stuff. That's, how is that not a conflict of interest when exactly. the judge sees the same DA every day, he sees the same cops every day bringing in people and they're like, yeah, totally guilty. Anyway, you want to go grab in and out, you know, like that. It seems very strange that there's such a tight knit, like they call it the thin blue line, where there's such a tight knit sure. club in the system that's all just out to make money off of you. And like when you get pulled over and get a traffic ticket, you're paying that cop like 30, 40 bucks an hour to give you a ticket for like five hundred dollars. It It's ridiculous. It's like double taxation almost. Well, if they do any, if, yeah, if they do anything wrong, you know, then they investigate themselves. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, there's just so many problems with this here. If a cop is under investigation, well, guess what? He gets a paid uh, vacation with your tax dollars, you know, for generally two to four weeks. So, I mean, it, there's just so many problems 
with the you know current status status of, of law enforcement um yeah and that's the thing you know like everybody got and including you know people on the right and libertarians they got kind of uh frustrated with all the protests after the george floyd incident and it's like i get it it, it did feel manufactured and it was co-opted at one point but at the same time we ought to remember that this has been going on for years for decades even and so there was a, a very natural fever pitch that was struck you know the, the boiling pot as far as i could tell and of course you know we all have our different perspectives here but as somebody who's been kind of in this world uh, i think it was it was due people were tired of seeing cops kill unarmed individuals you know who generally a lot of times anyway they're they're not even resisting there's not even uh, any type of a conflict, you know, and um, of course, and that's not always. And if you take into account how many traffic stops, how many police interactions there are on a daily basis compared to the small few that we hear about, the handful that we hear about, uh, you know, it, it's a very small amount. So I want to make that clear as well. Like the majority of cops out there are doing their jobs decently, um, whether you agree with, with, you know, the morality of their job or whatever. But uh you know, there, there are the the deviants, the people who are in it for the wrong reasons, the ego maniacs, the short tempered hotheads, the bullies in high school or the people who were bullied, you know. So um, and those are the people that we, we generally have to worry about. And unfortunately, again, you know, just to keep on bashing the system here, uh, a lot of times <laughs> when they when they do get fired, they just move to a different department. So they're gypsy cops, you know, mm -hmm. they'll just move from one department to the next can keep continuing to commit crimes, sometimes rape, sometimes uh, child porn, child pedophilia. I mean, this stuff, extortion, blackmail, the whole bit. Sure. It's the same thing the government does as a whole. Like yeah. It, yeah. there's really no difference between that and the, in politicians, the whole system is built on blackmail and extortion and thievery, just outright criminal acts. And I don't, and I don't pedophile. understand yeah, that too. There's a cop around in our local town, and we don't live in that big of a city, but he was literally raping chicks and getting away with it because he was basically like, I'm a cop, go fuck yourself. Or actually, I'm going to go fuck yourself, and then you're not going to say anything. <laughs> Ended up getting found out and fired, but then, yeah, he was hired on at another department. It's like, what? Yeah, How is that possible? Another story yep. recently that I saw where a police officer was raping a 14-year-old girl. And he was like 25 at the time. It was a pretty recent news. And instead of giving him any jail time, they gave him two years house arrest and that he's not allowed to work as a police officer anymore. And the judge said that that was good enough. Yeah. No. That, uh, no. It, it happens all the time. And I, I feel like, you know, we, we hear so much about the police brutality side of things, which is good and it's important, but it's almost like the media doesn't shine the national spotlight on these police sexual abuse stories, especially when they're involving kids, uh, a local news media might cover it, you know, like ABC 10 or something. That's like your local, yeah. news. but there's never any type of real serious focus on it. And sexual assault is actually the second most common uh, report from citizens by the public. So it's right after, uh, you know, police abuse, police brutality. Uh, it's something very serious and it doesn't get nearly as much attention as it needs. And I mean, especially with kids, we hear about, we, we cover stories about cops grooming children all the time, um, any type of child porn. Uh, sometimes they're even child porn ring leaders. I mean, it's insane how deep the rabbit well, hole goes when you come to the, a lot of this We stuff. ended up having on, sorry, I, I have a delay. I'm not trying to cut you off. I just try to get in there. Um, so when we had 
Craig the Sawman Sawyer on. Uh, I've referenced him several times when it comes to this issue. He's a well-known Navy SEAL. I know it's kind of funny, but he does have his own Wikipedia page. Uh, he started a national tactical insider where for 10 years he would train movie stars before they would do a role on correct uh, weapons handling. And then as a result of his daughter um, being uh, raped, he started vets for child rescue. And as a result of that, it wasn't just that he started doing good with his organization. It was how many DAs mm. judges, police officers are completely bought on the subject of molestation and rape where he would have to try to get a particular court case moved out of state because he finally found a DA that was willing to take the case and prosecute them. And half the time they would shut it down because of that little dot, tiny sub law sub law or uh, a, a men, amendment to a sub law mm-hmm. where it was like, well, we can't, we can't do that. And he's like, is there anybody that's willing to go against you know, well, first of all, you shouldn't have been purchased in the first place. Uh, you're supposed to stand up for justice. Um, but is there really nobody that's willing to go against that? And so he was talking about how many cases they have not been able to move forward with as a result of that in and of itself. And I'm like, that is how you get DAs, judges and cops off all the time from all of these charges, because now it's in the public eye. They got to do something. So then they do what Jen was talking about, where they give them two years house arrest and they can't, quote unquote, work as a police officer anymore. And they call it good enough because it's like, well, we got to do something, but we can't hit them too hard because we're already purchased. And if we do that, we're going to get blackmailed or, you know, whatever. It's it's all fucked up and corrupted. Certainly, uh, these are the consequences and symptoms of a monopoly. And, and again, you know, I yeah. mean, if any type of product or service is a monopoly, uh, it's never going to benefit uh, the, the general public. Um, unfortunately we've been bought, we've been sold this idea that there's certain services that are just one size fit all government services and there's no, uh, alternatives. You can't create an alternative. Uh, you know, um, that's why we're seeing so much, uh, backlash against cryptocurrency right now, because it's like, oh, wow. Like people are starting to decentralize and create, uh, alternatives to the, the monetary system, to the U S dollar. And, oh, wow, we can't have that. You know, so, um, yeah, there's and the monopoly aspect of this is probably one of the biggest problems that doesn't get talked about enough. And uh, as libertarians or as a libertarian myself, I don't want to speak for you guys. I, that's what I, I keep. No, 100 percent from the mountain and screaming like, <laughs> hey, guys, like, red flag, red flag. <laughs> And that's uh, so funny. In the beginning, sorry, I, I, you can totally finish your thought, but I was, when you were talking earlier about decentralizing things, I was like, oh, this is a very cryptocurrency mentality, which I love. I love cryptocurrency. I think it's amazing. So when when you were talking, I was like, ooh, what a crypto perspective he has. So anyway, keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, that's the key to most of the, the problems right now is more of a bottom up approach rather than top down, you know, and, that's what we need. Uh, we need to take back a lot of this power of our in our own lives, and that's how we do it, you know. And um, there's a, a great Buckminster Fuller quote here: uh, "You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To t- to change something, you build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete, you know. And again, like trying to reform police, uh, trying to magically vote for the right people that that might uphold your your rights and, and might actually quote represent you, even though nobody can represent right. you, you know, um, then yeah. So 
we need this idea of trying to build our own new world, uh, innovate our, what we want the, the future in a free society to look like rather than trying to bend a, a trillion dollar machine. I mean, a multi-trillion dollar machine that has no incentive whatsoever to ever acquiesce to uh, the public and, and you know the people at large. Yeah, so I, I did want to touch on something. Uh, so you were talking about like private security versus the the publicly funded cops. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of that in our town. There's a lot of private security that probably actually stop more crimes than the actual cops do. Uh, what do you, what's your thoughts on privatized prison systems? Because that's a weird one because they make more money based on how many beds they're filling up because it's a private corporation or whatever. So how, how do you reconcile... Uh, them enforcing, you know, the public sure. is enforcing laws. I don't even know how to word this, but like, how does that work with a privatized system? It, does the system, the prison system become privatized too? Because they're out for profit. So the more beds they fill, the more money they make. So we have kind of the same problem there. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, ultimately when, you know, we're looking at the apparatus of government and the majority of people who are filling those beds are nonviolent offenders, right? They're people who got caught with maybe a little crack cocaine in their pocket three times. And next thing you know, they're sitting in a prison cell. So the problem here, just like every other time <clears throat> is cronyism, right? It's the private public, uh, both the partnership and, and creating that fascist merger. And that's the problem. So if there was just simply private prisons, which is, of course, you're you're absolutely right. It is a loaded topic, and it, it takes a lot of uh, nuance to really flush this one out. But if this was uh, purely private prisons in a, a private-owned society, meaning there's no public institutions, there's no public private, or there's no public property, then we wouldn't have things like victimless laws anymore. We wouldn't have things uh, for for cops to be generating revenue from anymore. So. We kind of have to look at things like take a step back and be like, okay, well, if this is how society is going to be in the future. If this is the path to a free society, if this is the blueprints, we have to also remember that the whole dynamic, the whole structure is going to be fundamentally different. So they're not going to have the incentive to fill prison beds right now. That's a symptom once again of cronyism because these you know laws exist because these laws are on the books without a victim people should not be going into prison, right? If there's no victim created, but because there are these victimless laws on the books, it gives the the ability to fill these prison beds. So uh, I don't know if that quite answers what you're saying, no, but I think it's going to yeah, be a, a lot different of a, a dynamic once and if we ever get to that point where we are looking at a free society. But if I was to say like, should we privatize all prisons right now under the current circumstances? No, I don't think that's a good idea because, again, cronyism is running rampant in this country. There's no fail check mechanisms to stop it whatsoever. So is that a good idea? That's a recipe for disaster right now. But in the future, if we were to go into a purely privately owned society, there wouldn't be the same mechanisms that there are now to enforce victimless laws, to even create the same amount of victimless laws that exist on the books right now. No, that's, I'm glad you said that because that's kind of where I was going with that, where if you don't have these stupid fucking laws in the first place, like you said, there's no incentive to fill beds for those laws. So somebody, like you said, gets caught with a gram of crack or something. I, being purely libertarian in this, think should, all drugs, it's not that all drugs should be legal. They just shouldn't be 
illegal. You shouldn't have to have a prison sentence for getting high on whatever you want. If yes, you get high right. and go kill someone, yes, go to prison. You yes. fucking killed somebody. But right. if you're if you're just if you're transporting it or if you have it on you, that's not fair either. No, no, like another thing, but like if you if you just don't even test positive for it, if you just have it on you, just possession. Yeah, you go to jail just possession that. or like, like that's when I went to jails. I had three felony counts of transporting possession and intent to sell. Only one of which was true. I possessed it, and technically, I was transporting it saying. in my friend's car. So yeah, they I got hit with this barrage of stupid shit, and that's when I was like, oh, okay. I, I was eighteen, so I'm like, okay, the system is fucking sure. fucked up, and. This is ridiculous, but I always said that too about like being drunk in public. They they tack on all these stupid fucking charges they can get you on. Yeah. If you're drunk in public, who gives a shit? If you're drunk in public and you pull your wang out and piss on somebody, okay, that's illegal already. So sure, but the sure. fact that you're drunk, don't well, be yeah, stupid. It's an erroneous yeah. law. It doesn't make sense. Well, it's not just erroneous. Yeah. They end up saying, "Don't drink and drive." So then people who go, well, I really don't want to pay for an Uber because I live a half a mile down the street. I'm going to walk home. They get halfway down the street. And because cops park outside the bars, they watch them walk out, know they're hammered because they're swaying, trying to get home because they don't want to drive and don't want to call an Uber for a half mile. And then they get 50 feet out of the bar and they go, are you drunk? It's like, you just saw me leave a fucking bar. And they're like, oh, well. Now you're being aggressive towards a police officer. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know is they're getting freaking three counts of disturbing the peace, uh, drunken public, uh, aggression towards an officer. They have all of these fucking little things that they can tack it on. And it's like, all I wanted to do was walk home and be responsible and pass out in my goddamn bed. Sure. Well, thing we should all live in communes we can make our own <laughs> tiny little places and everyone can choose to live where the fuck they want and if you don't like the rules go build your own house and make your own fucking rules but guess what make sure you can grow your own food get your own water and feed your damn kids yeah, we saw how that worked out with chaz in uh washington <laughs> yeah they lasted how long more <laughs> about that 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 was a, a probably a mockery of the whole idea we're talking about of like self-accountability they're like they're like, yes, we'll be self-accountable. This is our own area now. And then that just is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're lefties. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, a lot of people on the left, they're uh, not the most principled. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> I guess Very nice a, way to put that, dude. I, I guess that's a, yeah, a gentle way of putting it. But back to the drug war. I mean, yeah, look, like they can't even keep drugs out of prisons right so no. like, are they really going to be able to keep drugs out of society and i think at this point like taking a macro view it's safe to say it's just a racket it's a criminal racket that they have a legal monopoly over uh there's no incentive to ever end it uh there is no war the war is on the people uh just like the war on terrorism just like the war on drugs just like the war on covid these are all wars on you they're all wars on people so um yeah it, it's it's a criminal uh unfortunately it's been through the propaganda out the, over the years. It's been uh, put into our subconscious. We are acclimated to the idea that people just go to prison for being in possession of a certain substance. And that's uh, most of the people who uh, supported our boomers, you know, our parents who are right there saying, you know, don't take drugs. And uh, they, they were the people who are supporting it. So uh, like a lot of the policies that are in place now, you know, our parents and their parents kind of dropped the ball trying to put an end to them to try to stop them. And uh, again, you know, you were just saying, Jen, like 2020, 
COVID, that's what woke you up. Well, like we got to make sure that shit never happens again, you know, and it's like up to our generation to make sure that we put our foot down and, uh, and also raise children peacefully in a way that they're going to know how to, uh, look at the system and, and completely disobey to, to completely not comply with it and, uh, to live free. You know, I think that's also important. So those are dangerous ideas, Jason. That's that we do have kids. And my daughter is actually 16 now. Oh, wow. Nice. I have had to raise her to the point where she's in high school now. So she's been completely indoctrinated hmm. and I'm like, Ugh, like wow. do you so with the mask wearing and the vaccine, obviously she's not vaccinated. Um, I, if she really wanted to be, I would be confused by that, but eh, we talk about stuff. If she wanted to do it, I, I guess I'd talk to her harder about why she shouldn't, but I would have to let her go do her own thing. But we try hard to just make her think for herself. I want sure. her to think for herself and understand. And Joe does the same thing with his kiddo. We both have kids with other people, but whatever. We're all, we're a blended family. But our kids see people who wear masks and buy into this shit and are, you know, double vaxxed and boosted. And they're like, why? We don't understand. And we try to explain why. And then we say, it's okay. It doesn't actually matter why they did that. Don't even think about why they did that. Just think about why you're not and then move forward from there because that's where you have to go and that's your path. You know, like don't sure. worry about all the little nitty gritty dumb bullshit that someone else is doing. Please don't focus on that because that's really what the media wants to make them. Focus right. And on. that is libertarianism. Oh, you do you, boo. It's that exactly. same idea. That's why I think drugs should Still be illegal. love them too. Like love the people who are vaccinated. That's fine. Like I love you for your decision. I don't care. I don't even give a fuck. I think one of the first I don't even know who it was. Maybe, maybe Ben, I don't know. But one of the first people I'm like, you know what? I think drugs should be legal actually. And not, not legal as in condone, but not illegal because like you were saying, think about why you don't do that. Like if somebody's like, yeah. I'm going to do heroin. It's like, cool. Okay. Make sure you're in a safe spot I or something. I don't know. Though. Like if heroin was legal, I would still never do it. Right. Same with exactly. That's, but that nothing. is the free choice that's the whole thing if you want to destroy your body the way that all of us americans are destroying our body with fucking donuts or coffee or anything else you can get it down to a micro level if you want to go fucking shoot up heroin in the privacy of your four walls go for it i'll even swing by the next day and make sure you aren't dead and if you are yeah, you wanna... i'll make sure you're taken care of but i ain't gonna stop you from doing it because i guarantee you that me trying to talk you out of it ain't gonna stop you anyway you, yeah, you want to do a hero's dose of mushrooms or LSD and watch a Pink Floyd concert? Fuck, yeah, I will come over and do it with you. That's fine with me. I don't see why that's a problem. Now, if I did that and then went out and slit somebody's throat, that'd be a different issue. But nobody on LSD or mushrooms, <laughs> as far as I know, has ever that. done that. So, yeah, most yeah. of the time they just kill themselves by jumping off of a building because they think they had wings. Yeah, which is, not, we've said it, the rules of psychedelics. Cars yeah. are real. Cops are real. And people can't fly. Remember that next time you dose people. Also, dude, I would like. Hour. Huh? Oh, I was going to say, I would like to say, speaking of wars, uh, thank you for your service on being a meme war veteran. I love your hat. Yes. <laughs> no, we're at an hour, though. I know you got an hour. We appreciate all the time. Closing thoughts, though, Jason. Yeah. Closing thoughts, plugs, anything you're working on, and uh, we'll get you out of here. Uh, I think you might be muted. You're right. I accidentally tapped my my mic there. Um, yeah, fo follow me on. Uh, I'm on pretty much all the different social media platforms. Me personally, the Free Thought Projects on even more. So I mean, Minds, Me, We, Telegram, 
Facebook, Twitter, uh, or even on some of the right wing leaning ones, Gab, Getter, uh, Parler, all those. So definitely check us out. But check me out on Twitter. I put my daily thoughts on on Twitter, Jason Bassler one and go to the free thought project at the top there. Um, you will see our podcast. And we've also had a lot of great guests. On. We haven't had David Icke on, though. So you guys uh, have have got us there. And uh, you guys have also been doing Sorry, a little bug. You guys have been doing some great work. I've been seeing the legit podcast, legit bat podcasts all over the place, uh, especially on yeah some of these smaller social media platforms. So you guys are resonating with people. Oh, they're sorry. sharing, they're yeah. sharing your work, and uh, yeah, once you reached out and said, you know, do you want to come on the podcast? I was like, yeah, absolutely. You guys are doing good work here. So, um, it, but yeah, other than that, check out our podcast. Um, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we're certainly trying to stay afloat here doing the work that we do. Uh, I know there's a lot of different people in the game right now when it comes to podcasting and, and different organizations doing activism type of work. Um, but we've been in the game for a long time now. Uh, we've proven ourselves. Um, we, we work every day, seven days a week. So yeah, if you are trying to support a liberty-based uh, plat or excuse me, liberty-based organization, uh, please come over to the Free Thought Project and donate or subscribe. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, whoa, I just heard myself. Decentralize the media. That was weird. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have to. We appreciate the time. We're right at an hour. Oh my God, we're good. Actually, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Uh, we appreciate your time, though, dude. And uh, we'll catch up with you Thank soon. You. And uh, I'll send you David Icke's info so you can get him on your show because that's a great Love fucking that. time. You don't have to do any talking, he does all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hopefully I didn't talk too much this time. Sometimes I have to. No, you're good. That, no, that no, we want you awesome. to talk. That's why you were on the show. We ask the questions and you give all sure. of the awesome information. We very much appreciate it. Nobody's it here for my dumb fart noises. Well, maybe a couple. <laughs> oh, you didn't even give one. I know. Okay, hang on. There all you right, go. We got one in. We got one in. All right, buddy. Have a good night. We'll uh, all right, guys, talk have a good night. Soon.